Welcome to Pierce Podcast. I'm Mike. And this is Orlando, and we're on episode 93. Yeah, back in the studio, we had to uh, give the underground bunker a little rest. <laughs> That's right. I totally forgot we were there for the last episode. That's right. I do like that. You know, it's kind of cool. Like, I think I think the day that the economy crashes, that's where we should do our episode. Hopefully, we're still doing the podcast by then. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that sounded yeah. so... What a bad way to start the podcast. Just doom and gloom. Yeah. I don't know, though. Like, uh, again, I'm not, a, I'm not a financial expert by any means, but I, I can say that based off of the current... Um, the way things are going, like, I, I'm, I'm not... Uh, a bull is the term that things are just going to keep going up, but things are not shrinking as fast as they thought it would shrink. There has mm-hmm. been some shrinks, but yet there's still growth in job markets and other things. So it, it looks like it might be like kind of a nice level dip and then maybe up again. Right. So we might not be looking at like, oh, everything is bottoming, bottoming out crash, you know, which, you know, is good in a lot of ways. Might not be so good if we were hoping to be able to buy a house for pennies on the dollar. But at the same time, it is going to be nice if we, you know, Everybody gets to keep their jobs and the economy dips, but doesn't crash. Well, yeah. And on the reselling side, you know, it's there's pluses on both sides, right? Economy doesn't crash. You can keep selling items you usually couldn't sell if the economy was down. Right. Right. A lot of the, whether it's the hype stuff or whether it's luxury stuff or it's like vintage gear that's just cool to wear, you know? But the other side is, you know, if you have a lot of inventory, that's people, things that people need, like economy going down, be nice, you know? So, I like but, that shirt. That's a, is that like a No, it's not NASA. It's a it's just a shirt. Oh nice. I just like wearing my shirts here and there. Oh, so you I know. Like. I, I just I thought I'll wear something brighter today. Yeah, I was gonna say, like I'm dark over here with my dark shirt and you've got a nice uh yeah. bright white shirt over there. Well, I you know, I, I anyways, what I don't I don't even know we were talking about fashion here. I was just talking about clothing for eBay, but you know. Hey, this is this makes riveting podcasting when you talk about, you know clothing that you're wearing <laughs> riveting podcasting that's right i don't know if riveting is a word for that though so yeah it's fine so hey but you know what if you haven't had a chance you can still catch us on youtube and actually people that catch us on youtube get to see our bearded mug somebody had commented that we look the same i don't know is it just because we're bald and we're bearded yeah i think you know what? i almost feel like that's just a stereotype that all bald bearded men look the same but you know what it's fine. It's probably true. We can tell the difference. So. No, there, there is a difference. There's a <laughs> big difference. And I'm joking. All right. Hey, so we're dropping this episode, and I think it's like right before Q4 really begins to crank. Not full crank. Kind of like, you know, if you look at your RPMs in your car, right? It, we're not at red yet. Mm. We're kind of, is, is it yellow that hits before the red? Uh, yeah, I mean, typically that would be that would be what I would expect. <laughs> Whatever color it is, it's right? Warming up, it's warming up, and so I thought it'd be a great time to talk about being strategic in the midst of Q4. I like that. Well, especially because I am the worst uh, host on this as far as having a lot of knowledge. We've talked about it in the past, like you know, I'm not the expert, obviously, when it comes to retail arbitrage, or, or especially not uh, Amazon and FBA, and I know that's a big part of. Q4. But last year, I did pretty good on Q4 doing a little bit of retail arbitrage through eBay. But a lot of the things that were kind of my bread and butter, I don't even want to call them hot items because I wasn't, I didn't pick up, I didn't get like the great bolos, a few of them. But uh, some of the things that were working for me last year that I was kind of anticipating this year, they're just not there. They're and gone. So they're gone. Yeah. So they're now gone. now I need to, I need to pivot. Right. And, and so I, I was thinking about it this morning. I was kind of like, Man, well, I'm looking at my eBay numbers. I'm like, you know, they're they're doing good, and as long as they don't dip, but I just don't think I'm going to have that 
you know, 200% increase over, you know, the rest of the months. But then I was like, man, I'm being really negative and I haven't even been in store scanning yet. So I just need to kind of switch gears. And that's a big part of it too, is kind of just switching gears and prepping up for, um, for that, that switch and that change. If you're already an Amazon FBA seller, you know, there's a little bit of a change for you. I'm sure in some ways a big change, but you know, for somebody like me, who's mostly just doing eBay thrift stores, garage sales, I've got to completely shift my model if I want to capitalize on Q4. No, I agree. And you know, the, the key thing is, and this is the first thing I wanted to talk about is like what to prepare. And, and we already had a whole episode of prepping for Q4, but there's kind of like the second stage of preparation right before things crank, right? By this time, you should have all your shipping supplies. By this time, you know, you should have your store at a certain level, like of inventory to make sure things that our people are buying. Actually, sales are coming in. Like I've noticed, I mean, it's only November, what, today's November 4th? Never, no, it's November 6th. Where am I? Okay, and this episode is, no, it's not even November. When this episode drops, it's going to be November 13th. Yep. Something like that. Something like that. Whatever that Wednesday is. And so sales are definitely picking up because, you know, what happens is people are waiting, you know, for Halloween to be over. And as soon as Halloween's over, all the Christmas stuff starts coming up. Well, and I wasn't even really thinking about Black Friday um, until I was at Salvation Army today on my way here. I had like half hour that I could kill. And so I was like, I'm just going to jump into Salvation Army really quick. And they handed me when I was checking out or actually maybe it was yesterday. I don't know, but they handed me a Black Friday coupon. And I'm like, Black Friday, man, they're like way in advance. I'm like, oh, wait, not really. It's not that far. It's not. I mean, we're, and by the time this episode drops, it's only about two weeks away. Yep. The crazy thing is by the time this episode drops, I've already picked up my rental van for three days to source for FBA. Like that's how close we you are. You know what you need to do? We need to, as PRSL Podcast, we need to make um, m- big magnet decals that we could just slap on the side of the van. And that way when you're on, you know, on your trip, it's like the PRSL Podcast. No, uh, I, I don't want people to know where I'm going. Eh, or like, true. I mean, think about it. Like if somebody wanted to target my van, that van must be full of inventory. It's pure as a podcast. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I none of that. our listeners would ever do something like that. Then what you should right. do is you should just like get a decal that says uh, something plumbing and then in parentheses underneath, there's not expensive inventory in this van. Don't break into it. Yeah, I'm sure that that would work. It might. <laughs> okay. All right. So first thing, all right, to understand in the strategic, I wanted to use the word strategery. Is that a real word, Mike? I, I don't think so, but uh, maybe, maybe. Oh, we're going to make it up Strategy. right now. Okay, let us know in the comments. All right, is that you need to understand the platforms and miss a Q4. You need to be able to pivot. And this is what I mean. So there are going to be certain items that actually are going to make more money on eBay than they are on Amazon. I know that sounds weird because everybody's a go-to about Amazon. But here's the thing. If you didn't get I would say not ungated, but there was this process to be merchant fulfilled on Amazon, right? So you had to have a certain amount of sales and then it, it approved you that, you know, from November 1st until, I don't know, sometime in December, you could sell, let's say, certain toys or certain items merchant fulfilled. So what that means is sometimes I'll go into a store and if there's an item that people want right away, I can actually scan it, list it on Amazon at that moment. And I might sell that item before I even pay for it. I wouldn't advise that because you never know what happens between you and getting to the counter. 
I've had it before where that's happened and then they were unwilling to let me buy all the inventory that I was trying to buy. Oh, yeah, that would suck. I was going to say that might be an interesting strategy if you don't have tons of capital is uh, literally make the Target or Walmart or whatever you're at your office and just push your cart around, go into the, the Starbucks that they have there inside or the, you know, whatever little food court they have in your in your Walmart or Target and uh, as stuff sells, then go buy it. And until it sells, keep it in your cart. Now, do I suggest that? Absolutely not. But you never know. That might, if you're Amazon fulfilled or merchant fulfilled. But this sounds to me a little bit, is this is this different for you this year? I know this is something we've heard a lot of people talk about. We've talked about in the podcast, the benefits of being merchant fulfilled, especially around this time. But last year, did you do merchant fulfilled very much? I did not. I did zero. Oh, there's a giant cricket climbing zero. on the wall. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, just makes the podcast more entertaining. Yeah. I thought it was going to be a beer. It's just a cricket, man. A well, cricket. It, I saw it out of the corner of my eye and it looked like a giant spider. And so I was like, <laughs> right. this podcast. Okay. So no, I did zero merchant fulfilled. Two reasons why I did not do merchant fulfilled. Number one, I was ignorant. I'll just admit it. I remember when the uh, whenever I scanned things on Amazon seller app, it said, this must be FBA. I didn't know what that meant. And he, I wasn't the only one. I had DM'd other resellers on Instagram and they had no idea what that meant. Well, now we know. The other part was I believed that I didn't have the time to pack those items. I would be losing money from FBA because I'd be div diverting my attention. But the reality is I'll never forget. So I'll give an example. Ryan's eggs. I'm throwing it out there because you know, we already talked about that. That was one of the bolos. Mm. And on Black Friday, I picked up a hundred golden Ryan's eggs. I saw that. Yep. And when I picked them up, they were going for about, I think it was like 101 mm -hmm. 64 merchant fulfilled. And there weren't that many FBA sellers. So I sent them all into FBA by the time that Amazon had processed it. I think the price had gone down to like 60 to $70. Yep. Right. So when it's all said and done, I only was making 10 or 15. Right. If that night I had gone merchant fulfilled, it would have been miserable. But it's possible I would have sold all of them for a hundred bucks that night. It would have been a long night of shipping. It would have been awkward because it's an awkward item, but I would have definitely had a lot more money in my pocket. Yep. So that's why I'm doing more merchant fulfilled. Hmm. But I agree with you. Right now it's kind of weird. I by this time knew some of the hot items and I don't. Yeah. You know, and, and part of it is I haven't been researching because here's what I want to say. You got to pivot platform. So one of the things that last year I wish I had done is I had looked at if items were selling just as much on eBay as they were on Amazon, because Amazon takes a bigger cut than eBay. Yes, you're doing more work, but you know, a 30% cut is a lot worse than eBay's 13% cut. Right. Right. And, and if you're selling it for more money, right, that's a greater chunk of your money. Right. So that's what I mean. You you need to be able to pivot or maybe you need to understand that at Mercari, there's not as many sellers selling a certain item. So maybe it's worth it to you to cross post and put on Mercari and not saying you'll own the market because everybody else will end up there, too. But you'll be able to get a little bit more money for the item than if you were on Amazon. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And you could ship things faster. You could. Right. If you send it to FBA, it's going to be a few days. Right. So if you can make Merchant Fulfilled. Maybe it's worth it to you to go to eBay or to Mercari. But remember, there's always less buyers on those platforms. You got you have to understand there's less buyers. That's a big thing. I just I throw that out there because there's a lot of 
people saying, you know, oh, you shouldn't, you know, do eBay. You should go to Posh or you shouldn't do Amazon. But remember, anytime you change to another platform, it changes the type of buyer and it changes how many buyers there are on that platform. Yeah, that is true. There, there are fewer buyers. However, it's and, and somebody mentioned this before. Um, maybe it was sell quick, ship quick when we did our interview with them. But it's it's different buyers like you're getting some sometimes there's there's a complete crossover. The, the same people who are on Amazon are on on Poshmark. I think the the better example would be eBay and Poshmark. Like, yeah, eBay is definitely a much bigger company with with more buyers. However, there might be a whole market of Poshmark buyers who aren't even on eBay at all. So when it comes to acquisition of of customers, there's a whole demographic you might not even be reaching. And so, yeah, there might be fewer of them, but you're not reaching them at all if you're not on there. So, so it's not just that like you're reaching the same ones, just not as much, but there's a whole group that you might not be getting. So yeah, it is, I think, important to realize that depending on your target market, and honestly, companies spend a lot of time doing market research, right? Figuring out where that target market is, where they're spending their time. And sometimes you can just kind of do the, well, the biggest pot is where I'm going to, or the biggest lake is where I'm going to fish because there's more fish in there. And sometimes it's like, well, but if the certain fish that I'm looking for is not in this lake, it doesn't matter how many there are, right? Mm -hmm. So yeah, you got to be wise about that. And and we can't tell you what that is because especially if you're in like a, a specific niche, like if you're like, you know, specialty cosmetics or if you're a certain type of electronics or whatever it is, um, it might make sense to be on a different platform. So don't just jump in the biggest one, but the biggest one might be the best. So you got to, you got to kind of figure that out. Yeah, no. And one more example I'll give is last year, remember we were selling those dolls. I'm just mm-hmm. going to throw out there because it doesn't matter anymore. But, you know, those dolls actually were more profitable for me to sell on eBay than on Amazon. Yeah, And I only sold them on eBay. Yeah. They weren't the easiest things to ship though, which you got to consider that too is from, and again, I, I have not sent in an Amazon FBA box, so I'm not an expert on this, but it seems to me a little easier to sit to send a giant box that you can fit four of an item in rather than ship four of them out and have to find four boxes that'll fit yeah, this and that's, item. And so that's the other, that's the opposite, right? Because in that case, yes, more money was made, but you know, I had, I don't know, like 125 of them. Mm-hmm. You right? had to Frankenstein some boxes on some of those? On some of those. So it, it took time. Yeah. It took time, right? But with the Amazon ones, it was a bear eventually, but yeah, it was easy. I remember I was able to use a 24 by 18 by 24 box and I could fit eight of them, mm. right? So if you did the math, it only took me about, I don't know, more than 10 boxes, shipped them off to the warehouse and I never had to worry about them again, right? So you, these are things you need to think about because, man, platforms, you know, they really they really do matter. It is an Amazon game. It is an eBay game, but you just you just don't know. You just don't know. And the other thing you also got to consider is when you're in store, I talk about Merchant Fulfilled is some items. I took a picture of the item for eBay right in the store. Nice. And I would sell it within that day too. So at that time... With, you should take the picture with like the sign of how much it costs there at Walmart in the background. Yeah. But you know, at that time, <laughs> people know. Yeah. You know what I mean? Especially if they're buying the high end, the, the hot toys, they know. Yep. Okay. Now, great thing that you're talking about supply. So you need to be strategic amidst a Q4. And we already talked about being prepared with the supplies, but you got to understand it's not just having the supplies, but having those supplies ready. So for example, that one doll item, Mm -hmm. it required kind of a certain kind of box Mm -hmm. and a certain way of shipping. So if you knew you had those items and they were hot, you should have, and I don't know if you did that, but I had to do it. 
I had about 15 boxes ready to go. Right. I took the time when everything, there was a dead time. I, you know, put those boxes together and I knew it, was, it, it just took me literally two minutes to pack those items and send them off. Yeah. Well, and I got lucky last year. There was a, a board game that I was selling. It was kind of a, an awkwardly shaped. Oh, that's right. Yeah. The wooden ones. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. It was an awkwardly shaped, not awkwardly shaped, but like it was, it was fragile and like the way it was shaped, like just a regular box wouldn't work. And I, at a cafe that I saw in their, their dumpster, that was the time I dumpster dived. Um, they had all of these boxes of some kind of like meat that like, and the box opened up weird and these slid right in. And there was like less than a quarter of an inch all the way around that I was able to just stick a little bit of paper padding around. And it was like, perfect, perfect. Like didn't have, I think we had one break in the, like of the 50 that we shipped. And I was so glad I had those boxes because if I didn't have them, I remember the first few that sold, I didn't have those boxes and it was a nightmare because it was like one box kind of worked and the next mm -hmm. one sold and was like, Oh, but then now I have to ship completely differently. And so, yeah, if you have, if you have, if you're able to buy multiples of something, it, it's worth spending the time to figure out what it's going to take to ship it and have those ready to go. Because if you start selling them quickly, you might have the packaging you need to ship three of them. And then you're Frankensteining a box for the fourth and then two more sell and you got to go out and buy stuff. So yeah, it's kind of a good idea to have that stuff ready and test it ahead of time so that when you could be sourcing uh, you're not stuck out, you know, trying to find the it's the worst supplies. trying to get shipping supplies while you're sourcing, whether, you know, it's, it's the worst. Cause you lose a lot of time, yep. right? Because you got to remember other people are trying to get supplies. And I can't tell you how many times during Q4, I needed a certain box and I couldn't find it. And I spent, you know, 45 minutes to an hour going to another Walmart or another Walmart, you know? So it's definitely not worth it to you. Also make sure, you know, that you're shipping the same day. Same day. I know that's, I know, you know, a lot of, a lot of you do one day shipping, like one business day, or you do more than that, but they're in Q4. People want their stuff quick and to separate yourself from the crowd. And remember, you know, a lot of people discuss, you know, whether there's an algorithm, right? The algorithm is real. It exists. eBay has told us. <laughs> and so if it's in the midst of now, maybe eBay is conspiracy, but if in the midst of Q4, the algorithm is kicking and those buyers, this is one thing we didn't share. We, we haven't shared this yet. Remember we talked about how if you have a certain item, you drop it, the price, so you constantly sell that item and then eBay pushes your item up higher in the search because you're that person. Yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah. Yeah. The, the concept we had behind that was, let's say you were able to buy, and we've talked about Uno cards for other reasons, but I'll just use that as an example. Okay. Let's say you were to buy 100 uh, packs of Uno cards, right? And you put them in and you have the quantity 100, sell the first 10 where you're taking a loss, right? It's super cheap. And so people are buying them quick. And then the next 10, raise the price up so you're breaking even. And then you can raise the price even more. And what it's going to do is you're going to be up at the top and it's going to already say 27 sold, only however many remaining. And people, there is, I, I think part of it is it's going to be higher up on the list. And the other thing is, I, I feel, because I'm the same way when I buy stuff, is do you trust the person you're buying it from? And if you could see like, oh man, they've already sold 27 of these. They already have good reviews. People are saying they're getting there on time and it's a great product versus the person who has a one-off. I might be willing to spend an extra dollar or two for an item if it's like, well, this seems like a reputable dealer. The other one, not so sure. Yeah, so definitely that's huge strategy for Q4, right? That's something I, I implemented last year. I took a loss on one item over and over again. And man, it next year, I, I was it was weird because... I wasn't the best price, but 
I was getting sales in comparison to the one-offs because people had seen all the ones I sold already. Mm -hmm. So that's really good. Now, the other thing is you got to understand, you know, I know, and we go back and forth about free shipping and free returns, but in Q4, that's a big deal, Mm -hmm. right? Because if, if you're the one, you know, if you have, let's say, I'm going to keep using Ryan's, let's say there's Ryan's, right? And eBay gets flooded and there's about 200 sellers, right? And Amazon is flooded, right? What is going to separate you from everybody else, right? It's going to be the free returns. It's going to be free expedited shipping. It's going to be your price point. It's going to be your pictures. You need to use all that to your advantage. It's very different than if you have, let's say, a starter jacket and, you know, there's eight other sellers selling the same one, but you have better pictures and that might just be the difference. Mm. When it comes to these hot toys, some people are just going to use stock photos and they're going to offer free shipping and free return. And that's going to be enough. So you have to make sure if there's ever a time that you got to be willing to give a little to get that sale, it's during Q4. Yep, I can see that. So any disagreement on that one? Yeah, I disagree with you. (laughs) Okay. Because I can't. No, I'm just kidding. No, I, I agree. Okay, now. The other part, and this is kind of interesting, this is a new one that I'm introducing that we haven't shared for in previous previous Q4 episodes. Privilous. 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 You need to have an inner circle. Mm. Your own bolo group. Oh. Are, is Pure Hustle Podcast no. promoting yes. bolo We're opening group? up. First hundred to sign up at $1,000 a pop are in. Yeah. And... Uh, I'm just joking. <laughs> no. No, we're not doing that. But... I think I think it's super helpful, and because here's the thing. So define inner circle. What? How many people are we talking? It depends how well you're comfortable with. For me, it's five. It's you, and there's three other people. Gotcha. And that's it. And they have to be. But here's here's the reason why, right? So a couple of the people that are within this inner circle aren't in the same geographic region as yeah. I am. Yep, that's big. Right, that's huge because we're not competing against each other. Right. So they're, hey, Orlando, I came across this. You should see if you have it in your stores. I do vice versa. It's a win win for both of us. Yeah. Right. The key thing is you don't let it out of your circle. Yeah. And and that's the hard part, too. I mean, you hear, you hear, I guess the quote of the week is right. Like two people can keep a secret if one of them is dead. Right. You know, that's a, I think we gave the same quote of the week for the last Q4 one. Did we? We did. Yeah. I, I played it. I played it because remember when I talked about we should listen to this again. Uh huh. So I don't know, it's episode 35 or something. I could be wrong. But I re-listened to it to prep for this episode, make sure we weren't doing the same info. And yeah, that was your quote. Really? Yeah, That's that was funny. your quote. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's. I, I think there's some truth to that with, with certain things. Because you, you got to have, you have to think about this. Unless you have a blood pact with people and you were to say, because you know, I, I, I don't network a lot outside of this, what we're doing with the podcast, yeah, right? Yeah. So it's not like I have reselling friends that you don't have. But you got to imagine if you got an inner circle with five, that one of those five people has another inner circle that you're not part of. And that there's another, you know, three people that they have kind of like, you know, and, and so things are going to get out. Like even with a close inner circle, you just have to be, realize like, at what point is it beneficial? What point are you hurting yourself? And the key thing is you might not be competing geographically, but you might be competing at a race to the bottom. Now, the difference is when you're talking about something, if it's not like, if you find like the most random item that nobody else knows about and you're literally the only person in the country that's selling it. <laughs> Which is probably never the case. Right. 
but no matter what, if, if something is hot, that means lots of people are buying and selling. And if anybody's doing research, they're going to figure it out, right? So eventually other people are going to be in the market. So the key is, can you get it? And then hopefully people aren't racing to the bottom and chances of like me and you, if we're buying the same items, we're probably not racing each other to the bottom, right? Mm -hmm. Now, if you're talking about almost every reseller on Instagram is buying one item, now that changes things a little bit. So yeah, you just got to be careful. Um, I think having an inner circle is good. You've definitely helped me out a ton with with things um, to buy. And I, I hope I haven't been like crazy competition for you in that way, no. you know? Um, but, and it's it's very helpful and, and it's encouraging too. And, and I think one of the things too, sometimes as a reseller, you're okay with it being a lonely lifestyle. Um, but sometimes, I mean, you might even be just listening to the podcast because it's nice to hear people who are doing the same things you're doing, right? Even and, us. Yeah. And so it's nice, I think, sometimes to know that you could be helping encourage somebody who might be struggling reselling. And it's like, hey, I was at Ross. They had this like plate set and there was a bunch of them. And maybe you could check your Rosses in your area. They might have it. And that might be the thing that keeps them going and gets food on their family's table, right? And and so there's something to be said about that. But of course, there's always limits. And I think most people are wise enough to know the difference of when it's like blasting it on on Instagram and like, hey, buy this item, you know? No, I get it. And so, you know, this is obviously new and some people might disagree, but I think if you keep your circle small and it has to be people you trust, to me, it's people that I have, I have actually encounter face to face. It can't be somebody that, you know, I randomly know. Now there are some great people out there that I have friendships with that I've never met. I've, they're in the IG world and we've actually shared stuff back and forth, but you, you have to be careful because, and I don't want to, we already had a whole episode about sharing, but you never know. All it takes is one person to enter another Bolo group that might have a hundred to 200 members and say, Hey, this is what I found. And you're going to put yourself in a very tough, and you might not even know it that you put yourself in a tough position. Yep. So but anyways, I do recommend having an inner circle to yeah, be strategic. That's good. Before. All right. Now, when do you hustle? Like when, when do you keep moving? Right. That's one of the things all that day, every day, <laughs> all the every day. Yeah. It's so yes, that is correct. <laughs> Q4. You cannot stop. You put that pedal down and you just keep moving and moving and moving and moving and moving to the wheels fall off. Yeah, there's plenty of time to sleep when you're dead. <laughs> yeah, but I'm telling you, I even, I mean, I hustled last year, but I still don't feel like I hustled enough. I, okay. I think there's some truth to that. And I, I don't mean to disagree with you. I just, I worry even sometimes about you, honestly, like you get into modes where, and I get like, you're doing it, you know, you want to make as much money as you could possibly make. But there, I, I do think there's a level where it's like, you're hustling really, really hard and maybe to the detriment of your health, right? Like where you're just going, 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 going and whether it's sleep or whether it's whether it's mental health or whether it's nutrition or whether it's relationships or who knows, right? Like everybody has their own things. And so I think like we always talk about, you have to find what works for your lifestyle. And I, I don't want to put the idea out there that if you're not hustling, because I've, I've had some people who, you know, I've talked to about reselling, they follow us and sometimes they're like, oh my goodness, like when I see what you guys do, I'm like, there's no way I can do that. And that's okay. Like you might say, hey, I want to reap some of the benefits of Q4. I want to increase, you know, have that 50% increase, but I also don't want to kill myself doing it, you know? But then the other side of the, the coin is 
hey, maybe that is what you have to do. And that is the lifestyle that you're going for. So yes, if if making it to the top is what you want, you've got to hustle nonstop. Um, otherwise, you might increase your hustle 10% to get a 100% return during Q4. So you got to find what works for you. Yeah, I agree. I mean, just the only, you know, catch that I'll say is that the market doesn't stop for anybody, right? So if the market is hot, you have to strike when it's hot. And there is this peak time, I would say from Black Friday until about December 22nd, where the market is, is on fire. And actually, it's not even after Black Friday. It's about December 1. <laughs> you should listen to that episode because one of the things we talked about, and we'll talk about this later, is that the market really takes off, but it doesn't really take off till about December. There's like this sweet spot of two weeks, right? And so what I mean is hustle the way through is even when things aren't on fire and you're not seeing crazy sales, you still need to keep hustling because it'll pay off. I mean, I'll give you an example. Like today, uh, you know, things have been kind of quiet and I haven't had a day where I sold 27 items on Amazon. It's been a few, you know... October, I did have a few days, but now it's like it's it's picking up and eventually it's going to get to the 100 and 200. And again, I'm a small scale Amazon FBA guy. Like I'm not even close to the big time resellers. But, you know, you you do get into this feeling like, hey, I'm listing every day. I'm sourcing every day. I wonder if this is going to happen. It will. If as long as you research things well, it will happen. Mm. It will. That's why I'm saying you just can't stop. You, and again. I do agree with Mike. You got to find what works for you. I know for me, it's I'd rather hustle hard like crazy for six to seven weeks. So then January through May or June, I can take I can do some traveling because I don't have to worry about finances, you know. And so that's just kind of the exchange that you make at times. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Seasonal right. hustle. See, yes. There's some people that make their yearly income in six weeks. That's impressive. I would love to do that. I don't know if I can do that. But. I even think about that sometime as, as a teacher. Um, there's times where I'm like, it's not fair how much I have to work for the amount that I'm making, right? Like I'm putting in 12 hour days and then I have to lesson plan afterwards and then I have to grade and then parents want to know why this one assignment that their kid turned in late hasn't been graded yet. But then I realize, like, yeah, I'm working a lot more than 40 hours a week only while I'm working though. And then I get all summer off, right? And so kind of remembering that too, that you might you might increase the amount of work you're doing in the short term. But if you're thinking of this amount of work over, you know, what you're actually making in a year, that helps you kind of keep things in perspective. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and but it's it's a, it's a hustle. Yeah. I mean, you're tired. I'm tired. I mean, I was packing until 3 a.m. last night, yeah. shipment, you know, but I mean, when you have a shipment that's going to make you about $400 an hour for five hours, that it, it keeps you motivated. You know, it's doable. Yeah. <laughs> Ching. Well, hopefully, unless everything tanks. Ooh. All right. Now, the other thing, and this is common sense, but you need, if maybe if you're not sourcing every day, you need to list every day, right? Whether it's on eBay, whether it's on Amazon, because the velocity of sales are coming in, right? And again, eBay, like if you're doing eBay, and again, we've already shared this, that most of the stuff that really sells for good money is new with tag stuff you know, hot items, but there are a lot of vintage items that people want that special gift during Christmas. So I say, keep listening, keep listening, keep listening. Now, if you're an Amazon person, you understand like source every day, source every day, send in, send in, send in, send in, send in, send in, yeah. <laughs> and just keep sending until, you know, 
for me, my I, I think my cutoff date this year is probably gonna be maybe December twelfth. I'm gonna start slowing down. Cause I've talked about that. Am I, I should... even gonna have a friend during that period? No. Am I gonna be able to be like <laughs> yes. hey Orlando, let's go get some coffee? Yeah, we don't do that now. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you will. You will. But here's the thing. You gotta be aware, and I've shared this on our Instagram story, and I share I think I shared this on the two podcasts ago. But with the one day shipping, you got to understand that I think things are going to take a lot longer to get processed because they're going to send from one warehouse to the other. That's why I'm saying ship out stuff every day. Don't wait two or three days to have a shipment together because your stuff may not make it on time. But now that it's mid-November, it's going to get the, you know, the timeline gets pretty tight. So. All right. And here's the other one. And and when I listened to this episode from back in the day, back in the day, like. Nine months ago. Hey, that was the infancy of the podcast. So talk to me about stuff that's sold in your store. Would you say you had, and this is kind of like the exact same conversation we had, but maybe we'll have nuances here. Would you say that stuff that you weren't able to sell sold? Well, for last year, for sure. And and I I don't remember exactly all the things that I sold, um, but I do remember distinctly uh, thinking, hey, this is a lot of like, random collectible stuff whether it was like the most oddball mug or like a weird statue or you know some strange vintage pin or things that like have been sitting for a long time things were selling during q4 and i do think it was because you know we've talked about people tend not to want to buy used clothing as gifts unless maybe it's vintage like that might work um if you're talking about like a vintage starter collectible vintage collectible exactly yeah now the thing though that people will buy used for gifts are collectibles right so when you're talking about and and there's collectibles when you think of like okay baseball cards and that kind of stuff but then there's like people are into the into different hobbies right like if you've ever been to an estate sale like one thing that i always feel when i walk into an estate sale is sometimes it's just odds and ends stuff but a lot of times you walk into a house and you're like oh my goodness this person was obsessed with coca-cola or this person was obsessed with disney or this person was obsessed only with Coca-Cola Disney crossover stuff. And literally everything in their house is that. And so those types of people, we all know those kinds of people. Like growing up, my mom really liked like carousels. She had carousel mm-hmm. horses. And so gifts that she got all the time, like people knew she liked carousels. So she'd get random carousels. And a lot of times they weren't new. It was like, hey, I was at this flea market. And I found this carousel. or And so those became gifts. And so if you can think of like, what are the things people are into that, you know, like, hey, this person really likes, I don't know, poodle statues or whatever, you know, usually you only get that stuff for people as gifts and Christmas and birthdays are the times that happen. And so Christmas is going to be a big one for those types of things. So that might not sell all year long. But if you know that like, hey, there's a niche market out there where people are into this stuff. Those are the kind of things that sell. So you might not be picking up those things throughout the year because they don't sell. And the hard part with those is a lot of times there's not comps, mm-hmm. right? And there's only comps during during that that Q4 time to look at. And so that's when you got to use things like Terapeak and stuff to see like, are these things selling? Or just use your, your judgment and say, this, you know, I know people who are into this kind of stuff. And so I'm going to pick it up and hope that it sells Q4 time. Whereas, you know, your used clothing, that might drop off. So if you've got weird stuff that's been sitting in your inventory uh, that you haven't listed, it's probably a good idea to get that stuff listed. 
And if you have it listed and it hasn't sold, might be the time to get some movement on it, right? Change the price a little bit, run a sale on it, or uh, throw it up as an auction because if you can get people eyes are on those things more now than they are other times during the year. Agreed. And you brought about a good point, a great point, is that Terapeak is something you definitely should be using right now. And you should see, okay, how much did items sell in November and December in comparison to the rest of the year? Mm. Right? Because you might look at your inventory and you might say, see items that you may have priced too low or maybe you have it priced too high. Right. But it'll definitely, it gives you 365 of that three, excuse me, 365 days of data with an eBay store subscription. So That's good. So check it out. Sell. And I am fumbling on words today. Sell.therapy.com. Okay. So the other thing is even on Amazon, right? If there's ever a time and you know, a lot of people talk about January, I'll talk about that in a little bit, but if there's a there's things that have been sitting on Amazon and you know you've been holding out, this may be the time to just let that stuff fly off the shelf. Yep. Right? Because the indirect stuff and Amazon has an algorithm just like eBay. It likes to see sell through. It likes to see items being sold. So what I find and I've shared this before is when I have a bunch of items that have been sitting on my Amazon inventory for about 5 months or 6 months, if I lower it and I begin to sell a lot of them, all these other items that haven't sold either that were around the same time will begin to sell too. And I can't explain it. It's just, it How does that work for eBay in the sense of you've got something that maybe has had 600 views, nobody's bought it yet, and it's been up for a year, two years, something like that. Is it worth going through, finding those items and taking the pictures off, taking the listing down, relisting it so that you don't have that massive like views versus buys or is it, does that not really make it? There's two views on that. I mean, I wouldn't, I would not take the pictures and the listing down. You can either keep it up, which keeping it according to eBay, right? Keeps you high in the Google search, right? It keeps your watchers. It keeps your views. It keeps all info. If you take it down, that all goes away. The way to refresh that listing is to do so similar. Right. So, so, but then would you have two of them? No. Listed? So you end, you end the listing, right? You just end it. And then you go back to that listing and you go to sell similar. And then you just, you know, everything's already populated for you. And then you just make it go live. Okay. Right. But it gives it a brand new item number and maybe it'll put it higher up in the search. But there's two sides to that one. A lot of people do that. I know Craigslist Hunter does, does that with his stuff. That's one of the things he talked about once eBay went to good till canceled back in March they were doing that and it affected their sales. Mm. I didn't do it. Uh, I ended up doing a little more promoted listings and realizing that if I accepted lowball offers every once in a while, my sell through rate would increase. So that works for me. So you got to find what works for you. We wanted to take a quick moment to thank our sponsors for this episode. Speaking of promoted listings, I've noticed recently mm-hmm a lot more of my sales are coming through promoted listings. So I wonder if if there's been some kind of change in eBay marketing, if they're pushing it more. Or maybe that's the only listing, like the other listing doesn't show up. It could, I mean, it could be. Yeah. I mean, that's definitely possible. But I've been noticing like, oh, this sold. Ooh, sold through promoted listing. Oh, this sold. Oh, sold through promoted listing. Like a lot of stuff selling that way. So yeah, I don't know whether to be happy about that or if I should be upset. I think know. it's the other way. I think that's the only one that's showing. Because mm. <laughs> they did say only one's going to show. And 
I mean, if you're running a business, yeah. which one are you going to choose to show? You're yeah. going to choose to show the ones that can make you more money. True. I can't, I can't diss eBay for that. I mean, that's business. I, I don't like it, Yeah. but that's business. So. I wish they would show you, like, does it sell through promoted listing on, on, like, through the search? Like, are they searching for the item and they just see it? Or is it selling, like, you know, sometimes you're on Instagram or Facebook and there's, like, eBay recommended item recommended items based off of your, like, browser you. history you know what you've looked at before um i wonder i wish there was a way they could say like this sold through instagram so you would know like oh that money is really worth i don't it. think i don't know i wonder i wonder if i'm sure it does but i don't see a lot do you see stuff like uh, from ebay on instagram all the time really yeah i don't all i mean ever when i'm going do you go through the feed very much of course i'm yeah, on there all the time when i go through the feed i'm always seeing like and it it, it draws my attention every time it's like oh that is the coolest thing and i'm like oh it's an ebay ad but it's like some kind of dungeons and dragons miniature collection or some kind of, i'm like oh what is this oh somebody's selling i'm like oh it's an ebay ad but there's like always like 10 you can keep sliding through and it's like 10 kind of similar items in a certain i've never seen that oh, that's, all the time that's I see it that's all good. the time so what i was so going back to what we were saying have every single item that you can list listed all of it Leave nothing behind. So you're you're advocating no more inventory reserves? No. And I'll share that. That's part of my hustle of the week is th this is not the time for inventory. This is list every single item because, again, you never know. And if there's ever a time that there's going to be eyes on your item, it's going to be now. Yeah. Okay. Hey, so let's take a quick break. If you haven't had a chance yet, make sure to follow us on social media. We are Pure as a Podcast on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. Hey, yeah. and again, thank you all you all of you coming over to TikTok. Thank you all of you on Facebook that are sticking with us. I know it's been taking a little while for us to get back to you. I feel really bad. We'll post something, and it takes like a day or two. Sometimes I'm covering the mic, but two weeks. Don't rub it. I know, I know. Two weeks to get back to you, so we apologize for that. It's just we get so much activity on Instagram from DMs and stuff that it, it occupies your time. But we are Pure Hustle Podcast on all three of those we platforms. We are Pure Hustle Podcast. We are Pure Hustle Podcast. And we're also Pure Hustle Cast on Twitter. So, and our Twitter is growing. Like, thank you all of I you know, that started are following to, us. To, to follow us. It's kind of cool. Twitter's a hard one to gain growth. Yeah. Well, I mean, you it's, it's like anything. You just, you have to be active in it and, you know, you can only be extremely active in so many things. Um, so, you know, again, I, I, just so our listeners know, we're mostly active in Instagram. So that's where you're going to get the most content. You're going to get the most feedback. You know, it's going to be quicker. Uh, it's more responsive for us. So, but we want to continue growing these other ones and kind of figure out because it's just like we talked about platforms with reselling. It's different platforms for social media and there's totally different people. You might be missing lots of strategies and tips and ideas because you're only on one social media platform in a in reselling groups right if you're only in facebook groups you might be missing the stuff on instagram or on twitter or on youtube right so you kind of got to dabble a little bit in each and kind of figure out where you're getting the most value on should we be on linkedin <laughs> i've pondered that in our last interview with it's matt LinkedIn klein really like a a social media matt klein side? post stuff on there and i'm like why are why are we on there Hey, no, it is. It is. The, the reach is pretty big. But anyways, this isn't a social media podcast. But yes, you can follow us wherever you want. Wherever okay. you and want. we are on YouTube. So if you listen to the podcast, we, you know, we haven't dropped 
anything. We drop our PHP clips, but we do plan to drop some new content. We've just been kind of busy with reselling and everything and else Q4. going on. In Q4, yeah. But we definitely, that's something we want to step up in. But it all depends. You know, if we keep growing, hopefully we'll be able to, you know, through sponsorships and all, have more time to create more content. Yeah, and, and more content is easier um, as as we continue to get good feedback from you guys. Uh, the, the couple of things that help a lot when you, there's a link down below if you want to um, give us just like a donation through PayPal. That's huge. That helps us out. When, when we get those kinds of donations, it makes us easy. It makes it easier for us to make that kind of content, right? Because mm-hmm. it costs time and energy to do. Um, even stuff like we recently bought new lens and we bought new sound equipment and all that stuff costs money. So uh, your your support there helps. So we really we have to buy some that. apps too. Yeah, had to buy app, like little it's things. It's just things crazy. Think about. Um, so we appreciate that. And then the other thing too is, um, and it's so huge. I cannot stress enough. And it's, you guys get how big algorithms are iTunes is a monster and it is huge, but it's also like eBay. It's got its own algorithm that it uses. And the number one way that we can get bigger reach and that we could reach more people is reviews in iTunes. So if you can leave us a review, um, obviously, you know, click all five stars and and we're going to smile the biggest. (laughs) Uh, If you want to type something, that'd be great. We read all of them, I promise. And every time we read them, it's like it it gives us motivation to keep going. Uh, But even if you don't want to take the time to, to type something, just leave us some stars. Uh, it, we we truly appreciate it. It helps. And then we're planning in the future of, you know, finding ways to thank all of you who are doing that. So uh, it, it means a lot to us. So thank you so, so, so much for that. Yeah. And we're at about 169 reviews on iTunes. It'd be awesome if before our next theme episode, we could get to 200. Oh, that'd be amazing. So if you haven't checked, even if you just drop the five stars, that'd be awesome. So let's see if that, let's see if we can make it happen. Yeah. Please be be part of that. You can be part of something huge and help us get huge. to two hundred. Pure Hustle Podcast. Yeah. We're talking. We're talking like taking 30, over the podcast era. We're talking thirty reviews, right? Like that's that's 30, not thirty one, Mike. Thirty one. Like I said, like like is is that math term that you can use for like estimated? All right. Okay. But anyways, thank you guys so much. We really appreciate it. So now it's time for something special. Come on, hustlers! It's the freaking hustle of the week. Yeah. So that is that gonna be a PHP staple? Yeah, man. Like it's 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 staying forever. Yeah, it's canon now. It's it's canon. It's PHP canon. I love it. All right. So we got some awesome hustle of the week. Thank you guys all that are sharing on the hashtag. And so I like these. The, the ones we chose, these were kind of unique. And so we really I'm I'm looking forward to what we're gonna share here. So Mike, go ahead. All right. So our first one comes from Autumn. IG handle is at diamond.punk. Love that. That's a sweet name. Super awesome. Uh, Went to the store that shall not be named. Doom, doom, doom. I love how that's caught on. Have you noticed that? It's awesome. Even Matt Klein in the last interview called it the store that shall not be named. I know. It's it's, it's so cool. So if the store that shall not be named wants us to say their name, they have to sponsor us. Yeah. (laughs) It's kind of like marketing for them, right? Like we're giving them lots of credit by rebranding them. All right. Um, Anyways, it goes to the store that shall not be named and it's a 50% sale, which not around here. But anyways, I'm glad that you had one Um, and found it. And now I'm going to butcher the name. Is it Hermes? No, it's Hermes. 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 It's from France. Picked up an Hermes scarf and paid $2. That sounds pretty good. I'd pay $2 for a good scarf. You know how hard it is to find a scarf? Let alone, and I mean, not scarf, you see them, but 
An Hermes scarf? An Hermes scarf. I've been on the hunt forever. I never find it. I need to look up the logo so I know what that is. So an Hermes scarf. It's like a carriage. Scarf. I like it. It sounds very fancy. Um, and if there's probably like a, all of our listeners are like, Mike is so dumb. How does he not know that that's a great brand? Oh, how, how would you know unless you know? Yeah, well. Reselling is all about you don't know what you don't know. It's true. Um, so paid $2 for it and sold it for $150 on Poshmark. Holy smokes. That's amazing. So you had to pay that 20% fee, but it shipped for free for you at least. So that's exciting. Anytime you can find something for $2 and flip it for over a hundred. That, that's a major home run. Yeah, that's, that's what it's great when you can find a um, hundred of an item that you're going to make five or 10 or 15 bucks on. That's great. Like that is, that's how you scale. But when you find an item that you're paying a couple dollars for, like I'll never forget my big sales like that. Like my, my, Apple hat, that calculator that I had, the How much did you sell that calculator for 400? It was like 375. Wow. Yeah. And I think I paid five for it. Like those sales, that's why you do this. Like whenever I, somebody's asked like, you know what I do and I try to explain it. I don't tell them about, yeah, like I had my garage full of a doll that I was making some money on and I had 40 of them and I said, that, that's boring. It's like, oh, that's kind of cool. It sounds like a lot of work. But when it's like, I bought this calculator for five bucks and I sold it for 375. People are like, what? You can do that? And that's the stuff that's exciting. So great job on that. Um, I'm going to be looking for some Hermes. Well, Autumn must have a great story. I was at the store that shall not be named and I found an Hermes, Hermes. scarf for $2 and I sold it for 150 Thank you, Autumn, for sharing with us. That is an awesome hustle of the week. Instagram, diamond.punk. All right, so next one. Okay, this is the first. Now, there's another person that we did do a repeat hustle of the week, but this was such a good hustle of the week that I feel bad. Like this is back to back theme episodes that Upstate Picker has a hustle of the week, but it's it's legit. So Jordan Upstate Picker on Instagram found. Now let me let me start part of the story. Waited in line with forty people at an estate sale. Those are the worst. Have you gone to an estate sale where there's a line or there's a sign-in sheet? Yep. I do not like those. Not good. I get anxiety and major FOMO at those. Mm -hmm. I just don't like it. But, you know, it could be prof. So he does. He goes, went over to a pole barn. Do you know what that is? Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay, explain. I, I'm a city kid. I have no idea what that is. I mean, I think I know what it is. It's like a... It's Now I'm sounding like an idiot. So I, I remember <laughs> when I was... looking up? No, when I was looking up sheds, when I was trying to like figure out for where we're at right now. And we're not in the shed that we were planning on doing, but pole barns are types of, of sheds that you can build or like barns that you can build. Okay. Uh, so I'm assuming I I've looked through so many of them, so I wouldn't be able to describe exactly the specifics of what make it. But a lot of times, I mean, I know there's some of them that are even like metal that kind of look like it, but it's like the, just the traditional building. That's like, you know, big shed building thing. I'll read you the definition from Let's the internet. Pole barns are a type of post frame construction technique used for centuries to quickly construct sturdy, reliable structures. Post frame construction is a highly engineered solution that combines efficiency and adaptability. Yeah, we're city boys. We don't know what a okay. barn is uh, here. So anyways, him and, and, and a few other individuals decided to go there. First thing he sees when he walks in is the, it may be the holy grail of Walkmans. I mean, there's, there's a handful of them. Picks it up. It's a professional Walkman WM-D6C in working condition. Doesn't have everything with it, like the manual and the headphones and all that. Picks it up, pays $4 for it. And I think this sold pretty fast. 
sold for $380. It's the best, man. That's just like, like we said earlier, keeps you going. And if, if you're not a, a thrifter, if you're not out thrift hunting and garage sailing and all of that, um, I get it that maybe it's not worth your time if you've if you've got a big operation going, but there is not much like the joy you get with that. Like it really is like a treasure hunt. Like I imagine like the people who are out, you know, panning for gold, um, and you know there were some that were very successful and some spent their whole life and they never got anything. But I feel like the nice thing is is if if you do it consistently, if you're going to thrift stores on a regular basis, these sales are not that uncommon. You are gonna get these kinds of sales every so often, and when you do, it's like it's just like a great feeling. It's like what I'd imagine winning the lottery is like, except for, um, except it's not like a yeah. m- million times less, literally. <laughs> but it's still good. It's so but really hey, three hundred eighty dollars. That's that. That's pretty good. Yeah. I mean, that that's way more than pretty good. Yeah, a lot more, a ton more. So hey, great job, Jordan at Upstate Picker. And if you have another awesome hustle of the week, we're gonna have to have a, mo- a moratorium on. Having you as a hustle of the week. Yeah. You can just have your own like section. <laughs> Sorry, but but you've had two you had you you had the electronic tubes. He's the electronic tubes guy mm. from the last podcast. So legit. Great job, Jordan. Love that Walkman. If you haven't had a chance, check out under Hustle of the Week. It's there. It's unassuming. It's very unassuming. All right. What's All the right. next one here? So our next one comes from Caleb, IG handle at Phoenix Resale. So responded to a Facebook marketplace post about a guy who had a shed full of retro video games. That's a good feeling, right? Like, especially if you're the first one to get to see it and get a hold of him. But he wasn't. But he wasn't. So other collectors got a hold of him, but bought out about nine hundred dollars worth of stuff for a hundred bucks. So, um, he he wasn't the first one there. Other people got there, but he still was able to get like nine hundred dollars worth of stuff. Facebook Marketplace. It's it's. I don't want to say it's a new thing because that makes it sound really late to the game. We are late to the game. But <laughs> but it is like I mean I've sold a lot of stuff on Facebook Marketplace. It is. It's been great. Like. The amount of t- the nice thing is like when you put something up on Craigslist, for instance, and I know we sound very antiquated talking about Craigslist, but it's like you post it, and if it doesn't sell within a couple of days, you got to repost it, and if it doesn't sell, like you got to like start all over, right? Facebook Marketplace is probably a similar like you want to keep posting things. I think you have to wait a week before you can post the item again or like refresh it. But I, there's things that I posted like six or seven months ago and kind of forgot about it, and I still get offers on the regular for those items. Sometimes they're lowball offers. And now that I've moved, like I'll get offers that I like. I'm like, yeah, but I'm a little further away now. And and then it doesn't end up working out like the mm-hmm. schedule and stuff. But Facebook marketplaces, it's great. And it sells like for a lot of big things too, like, you know, couches, furniture, whatever. Facebook marketplace, if you're not using it, check it out. But I haven't used it for smaller stuff, but it looks like it works for that too. So anyways, buys $900 worth of stuff for a hundred bucks. Separate, spend some time separating out stuff that's working versus stuff that's going to just be for parts. And there's still a lot of times you can make pretty good money just for parts items. Anyways, listed eight broken, and I love the way it describes it here, crusty I, I, I added boys. the crusty. Oh. If, you look, if you look at the picture, so this is Caleb Phoenix Resale on Instagram. If you look at the picture, they're crusty. Yeah. I hope that's how you listed them on eBay. <laughs> crusty. Averaged out to a total of $15 each and sold them for 140 bucks. No, 15 for the eight. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's impressive. Broken junk. So were they lotted together as one sale? Yeah. yeah. So $15 to $140. Yeah, that's good. That's amazing. And if you look at the picture, you're like, you probably would have passed these up. One of you figure too, this person, so Caleb says he spent $100. This stuff averaged out to 15 So he made his money back and mm-hmm. more and has only sold a fraction of what they bought. Correct. That's impressive. So great job, Caleb. 
Seriously. And and that's that's I always say this. Your goal at every thrift store and garage sale morning or estate sale is that one item, your goal, not saying it all will always happen, but your goal should be that one should pay for it all. Yeah, that's always great. One to pay for the haul. Yeah, it's like a it's like a Lord of the Rings reference there. One sell to pay for them all. <laughs> okay. Maybe it's a shirt, another shirt. Yeah. We have all these, you know, we need to be on Amazon merch. We have all these shirt ideas and we have not dropped any. See, of them. we need, we need, I'm, there, I know we have to have a few listeners out there that have got to be like uh, creative with like design. Send us we have designs. somebody. I got to talk to you after the podcast. Oh, that's fantastic. Cool. All right. Yeah. Okay. What about you? So, my house of the week is a year delayed. So, do you remember those trains I talked about? So, you talk about them a lot. Yeah. I know I do. Okay. That you don't that you don't list that you've cleaned so, up and thought about listing a few about times. About a year and a half ago, I had a major haul. I paid $260 for a bunch of vintage Lionel trains and freight cars and tracks. Now I picked them all up and I thought they were really cool. So I struggled listing them. I kind of kept them as, you know, I liked them. Now I sold a set of tracks for $120. I had a bunch of tracks. And I still have like four other, I have enough to make four other listings of the same and make that same amount. So I sold one. I sold the Transformer for $60. That's $180. I sold a couple other pieces. Basically, I made all my money back, but I didn't list anything else. So even before I preface this episode, I had this, I talked about this in the other podcast. I was trying to get to 2K listings. Well, the other day, I said, you know what? It's time to list these bad boys. So what ended up happening is I found some pieces that were broken and I found some pieces that were in great condition. So I'm like, I'm going to list all of this. Even if it's broken, I'm going to list it. And here's what's crazy. So I'll share with you this one issue I had, which I'm just going to share this because I have a platform to talk about it. So I sold one thing, one thing. All right. For $65, I put in my listing that the box was worn. I accidentally didn't take a picture of the one side where the old sticker from the toy store was on there. The person messages me and goes, I bought this strictly for the box, but now there's a sticker on it. So I messaged them back and I said, well, it says the box is worn. So if you take the sticker off, the box is still worn. They didn't like my response. Yeah, if there was no picture of it. I can see that. But I said the box is worn. But if you're going solely off of pictures and you're like, yeah, that wear is not too bad. I could see why there'd be some frustration. All right. Well, anyways, I told them they could. They asked for a partial refund. So I, I give them a amount and they weren't happy with the amount I offered them. So I said, hey, you're willing. You can return it for a full refund. Here's where it got weird. So I have automatic returns. Mm-hmm. eBay sent me a message that I had to purchase the label and send it to them. Hmm. I'm like, what? So I call eBay and they're like, yeah, unfortunately our system couldn't handle all the characters on the shipping address. (laughs) No joke. This is what they told me. So I had to go to pirate ship, purchase a label, put my, my address, their address, purchase a label, save it as a PDF. And then I had to send it to them. That weird. That's weird. That was weird. So two things were weird. I had to take the return and I took it and the person already shipped it out today. 
But here's the thing. Let, let's get to the good side. I just wanted to share that. Just maybe some of you experienced that. I thought that was kind of strange. I hope that doesn't happen again. eBay, if if the characters aren't fitting, like we, we got to make it happen. Mm. Um, so I started listing like everything. And I, I just straight up put in the listing missing pieces. This piece is broken. Mm. Stuff was selling, no joke, within 30 minutes. And it wasn't because I was selling it for too low because my listing was higher than other people. I'm not sure what it was. Maybe because I had promoted listings. So I sold one thing. It was a Lionel Trains Marines rocket launcher. It was really cool. So think of this like green vehicle and it had like four slots that you could put rockets that would fire. Hmm. And it had a little blue man guy on the side. It was supposed to have this um, kind of like this radar and everything. It was missing the blue guy. Missing the radar, missing the missiles, had wear through it, missing other parts. Sold for $47 plus shipping. Nice. Then I sold another thing that was a flat car for a Mercury satellite, like from Cape Canaveral. It was missing pieces. Sold for $43. I like it. Then I sold another one, a flat car, missing pieces, $20. Another flat car, $20. Another part, $30. Another one, $40. Boom, 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 boom. I'm like, what was I doing? I should have listed these back in the day. Yeah. But instantly. I mean, I shared on Instagram a few of the items that sold, but they just kept. And I have more to list tonight. So I'm excited. So anyways, that is my hustle of the week. Don't sleep on broken train parts, I guess, because depending on the brand, depending on the certain type. Like th- yeah. there's money there. Yeah, and, and sometimes people want them for parts for like, cause theirs is broken and they just need like one piece. You know what I mean? Correct. So, yep. Correct. And so I, Oh, okay. I want to add, did I share about the trains I almost threw away and then somebody messaged me and said they wanted to buy them? I did. Yeah. I think yeah. So. so they never got back to me. Uh, so I'm going to list some walls a lot and maybe I'll share that later on. Yeah. So that is my hustle of the week. I like it. All right. So, um, mine, I've got, a really quick one that's kind of small and then another one that's also small. But the, the quick one is, um, and this is just an encouragement because we've talked a lot of, about building relationships and I've got a new job now. I'm working at a different school and whenever you're new at a place, you're always trying to fill out the waters and you don't want to be, you know, that guy anywhere. And <laughs> I, guy. I noticed that, you know, I'd walk through the office sometimes and they'd be getting shipments and they'd, you know, have boxes and some air pillows and stuff like that. And I'm still new. And so I'm not, you know, don't want to step on any toes. But then as I'm starting to get to know some people and I'm like, you know, what, I'm just going to do it. So I went up to them and I'm like, hey, like, would you mind just saving these for me? Like if, if nobody's taking these boxes, like if you set them aside in the air pillows, like I'll take them. And and they were actually the office staff was like excited about it. They're like, oh, that's great. It takes so long to pop all these air pillows. Like we'd love to give them to you. And so now I've got this like, you know, that's awesome. this this constant coming in and it's not always it might there might be several days or weeks before you know more of them come but it's like hey we got some more air pillows we got got some more boxes and so that just made me think like you know what that was really easy to do and i genuinely believe they weren't just being nice of like yeah we'll save them for you we'd love to oh man this stinks but they really were like yeah this is a great Mm -hmm. idea like recycling we're glad that we're not just throwing them away and so i'm thinking you know what i need to get some business cards that is just for i don't know might might even just say like you know, boxing and whatever, uh, air pillow recycling and just go to places like go to targets, go to mom and pop shops and say like, Hey, like if, if you want to, like, here's a Google calendar put on there, like a certain time and I'll come by once a week and pick up whatever you have. 
And that's a good way of, of you know, it's a hustle, right? Because you're, that's money you're not spending. You're, you're making money. Yeah. I mean, you're saving money. Which is making money, yeah. yeah. So that's a good one. And then um, I remember, I think it was last episode, or last uh, update episode, I talked about the signs as the bolo. Oh, yeah. Right? Sold. Nice. Yeah. And and um, we got 70 bucks for it, paid five for it, and it was beat up. Like, it was not like a sharp, crisp sign. Um, so this is my hustle of the week because I almost left that garage sale without getting it. I saw it out of the corner of my eye and it was like, oh, I'm going to go back out and ask. I went and asked. I didn't even know what kind of sign it was. Walked back to my car because I left my phone in the car. Nice. Researched how much they're worth. And they, so I literally went into my car and back out twice before I bought it, before I even asked a price. So I feel like I lost all negotiating yeah, ability yeah, yeah, there, yeah. you know, and I still was able to pick it up. I think I actually got it for four. Um, and sold it for 70. So, and plus I, ship. Uh, yeah. And I thought it was going to be hard to ship or not hard, but I was thinking like, oh, box. But honestly, because of the type of, of it's a flat sign, you literally don't just take a box and don't open it up, just slide it into the box and then tape it. Mm -hmm. Right. Like, so it's easier thing to ship than you would think something flat like that. So, well, what I do is I just bubble wrap it. Yep. And then you just find two pieces of cardboard and, and yep. And just tape it together. Yep, exactly. You're good to go. So it it is really true. If it's a, if it's something that's flat, it it seems scary because it's bigger, but it's really easy. Yeah, and the shipping isn't crazy because it's the weight that matters. Exactly. Yep. At and least that's from what I remember. Maybe yeah. things have changed. Well, and if you're looking at dimensions too, like dimensions will be part of it, but because it's because it's only uh, like an inch yeah. high, the true. actual like square inches of the box is is not that big. Yep. When they get it, they're like, oh, this is an awkwardly shaped box. Dang it! But you know. Yeah. yeah. No, I so, agree. Yeah. Nice. Okay. Yeah, so that well, was hey, oh. that was it. That was our come on, hustlers. It's the freaking hustle of the week. Yeah. All right. Back to the real episode. I, mean, I don't think I'll ever get tired of that. I think it's awesome. So, all right. So that thank be your you. Alarm clock. Uh, Wait, I should make another one that, for you that, that goes off in the morning and then tells you to like get up and get at it. Hey, I got up uh, later today, but I was up till three <laughs> packing, so it's okay. Uh, to me, it's as long as you get your work done, but that's for another episode. All right. So thank you to all of you that sent your hustle of the week. Really appreciate it. Always be tagging us. Hopefully we'll get back to you. Things have been really busy lately. So, and I gotta say Instagram, their algorithm has been not hiding, but sometimes we'll get tagged and I don't notice it till days later. Yeah. I feel really bad. So we're not ignoring you. We just haven't seen it. Yep. So, all right. So the last part is how to execute. Right. How do how do you make things happen? We've talked about this a lot, but, you know, the thing is that one of the reasons I lost a ton of money this last go round of Q4 was I kept saying the price is going to rebound. The price is going to rebound and never rebounded. So. When things are hot, you got to sell, you got to sell. That's it. And. And even if it's not the price that you wanted, it's not like eBay where, you know, you're waiting for the right buyer. These hot items may only be hot for two weeks, right? And <laughs> let's go back to your Pomsy story. What was the problem with Pomsies last year? You bought a ton of Pomsies and then oh, what yeah. happened? Yeah. I mean, I bought a ton of Pomsies because I was like, I'm sure these were going to be great. And, and they're nice because they were small, easy to, easy to ship. And probably a week later, going to Walmart, they literally had made an entire Pomsey aisle, not in cap, but from one end of the aisle to the other end of the aisle was all Pomsies, different Pomsies, 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 Pomsies. Yeah. I was like, well, 
guess I should return them. Like, you can have some more Palmsies because these aren't going to sell. Yeah, so he could have sold them for money maybe earlier. I don't know if they those ever went up. I, I don't know if they ever spiked. Um, if they did, it probably wasn't enough of a spike to, to, to justify it unless you were selling them like, a lot, a lot. But it was one of those things where I was even buying them because there was... Uh, there was a limit on them. Like you couldn't, like we got a lot of them on Which Target. Which makes you think, oh, this is going to be a hot item. Yeah, Target had a limit. It was like five per customer. So we had three different credit cards that we used. We had uh, three different addresses that we were like, hey, can you, you know, we're going to have these sent to you. If you buy them, we'll pay you. We had Palmsies sent to so many houses. I was going around collecting boxes of Palmsies. And then they were everywhere. Yep. So you never know. So, and I had the same issue. There was another toy which may be a high item this year, but I'm not sure yet. But I had a ton of them and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to wait. And then they restocked right after Black Friday. Mm. Yep. I I end, I think I sold them at a loss of a dollar a piece. Should have sold them when they're hot. So yep. you, you need, it's, it's, it's such a, I mean, you might be able to sell it in January, but you don't know. Like when the money's there, take that money and run. Yeah, and I think it's important to to distinguish what we're talking about here. And we're saying there's the items that have the specific hype, right? Where it's like, yep. this is a hard to get item. Now, there are other things that are popular during Q4 that are just going to be like bread and butter items that you can just keep at a consistent price all Q4, mm -hmm. right? Where it's like these items just, they sell for a little more. You got them. They're going to sell. They'll sell into January. Hey, these are the type of items that come next year or maybe even throughout the year. They're not like They're not like hype items where it's like, Kids want them right now because they're really, really popular and they can't be found. We're talking like items that that are always going to be popular. Like those things, yeah, hold out for. You might be able to get more. Don't don't race to the bottom on. But if it's like this is this is a fad, like this is a, a craze that's really going on right now, that might be when you sell. And then the other side that gets a little scary with that is like I think of and and again, this was probably I don't know if there's things like this as much anymore, but I remember back in the day when like. PlayStation 2 came out and it was like people waiting in line to get them mm -hmm. and those would go on auction and they would just keep getting higher and higher and higher value, like insane prices. And so those might be the times where it's like, you're not in a rush to sell because there's, there's just, there's not right. But when we're talking about toys like this, I feel like a lot of times stores keep restocking. They want to make money. So unless they totally messed up and did not make enough of them, um, chances are the store is going to get some more and it, it could tank. Yeah. And, and the key thing too is you want to, as you're going, you want to keep your cash flow moving, right? Because what, what can end up happening and this, and I shared this, the last podcast is I had a lot of debt. Do you remember I shared about mm -hmm. that? And my credit score tanked. Mm -hmm. Now I'm back to where, you know, in a good place, but what ended up happening is I should have been selling and selling and selling and selling those items, even though it wasn't where I wanted it to be. I couldn't use that money and I could have just bankrolled it and just kept buying more and more and more. So you want to keep your cash flow going. You don't want to buy a whole bunch of stuff and then you're stuck and you can't source anymore in Q4. Like that would be miserable. Yeah, there's actually a, uh, there was a while when I was like doing some research into Forex trading, right? And and I don't really, again, not an expert on anything. So please do not take any advice I, don't I know have what on that Forex is. trading. Oh, you don't? I'll, I'll talk to you about it later. Okay. Um, <laughs> But anyways, when you're doing Forex trading, you set limits of when you're going to buy and sell. And one of the problems that people have when when they do that is psychologically, like it's proven time and time again, even the best traders will do this, is 
as it's going, they wait too long to sell and then they'll like, or they'll sell too early. And then when it's going to a dip, they'll let it keep going instead of doing a stop loss. And it's like, I'm going to lose money on all of this, but I'm going to take this loss because if it keeps going down more, I'm going to lose so much more. And so you almost have to switch your natural inclination. Our natural inclination is as we're seeing money lose to like want to hold on and say like, oh, I, I don't want to lose anymore. And like, it might come back up, but it's actually a lot of times better just to take that quick loss and then move on to something mm-hmm. else so you can make some money. Whereas if you keep holding on that, you know, 20% loss on each item might turn into a 40% loss on each item, which might turn into a 60% loss on each item. So you got to be careful with that. Yeah, agreed. I It's a stop loss, right? Is that yeah, what we're talking loss. about? Yeah. And for instance, there was, man, I can give you story upon stories, but you just got to be careful because yeah, part of you, you think loss, 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 but the longer you wait, you'll be losing more money and more money and more money. And, you know, here's, but here's the other side. And this is something you need to be careful about too, is that stuff does sell in January and even into a little bit into February. And this is because everybody has gift cards. Right. So it all depends on your comfort level. I, I will say, I don't think the hot toys sell for as much as they do in, you know, right after Black Friday up until December 20. But there's other items that still will sell. If you get them at the right price point, you know, let's say you don't sell them through during Q4, make sure you sell them through in January. Mm. Right. And I would say, make sure you sell them through. Now, you could be like Orlando and get a random. Ryan's egg that gets returned to you from Amazon in October. That was kind of crazy. And I sold it for 160. I actually sold it for more this past October than during Q4. Right. But chances that those kinds of items will rebound, it's not very much. Now, there are some items like those those dolls that we were trying to sell. Uh-huh. Two years ago, those dolls, if you had one now, they're worth like $200. Wow. But you don't know that. You don't know. You know, right? So you you have to act on the information that you have and make moves on what you know. Yeah. And you almost have to, I almost think maybe, I don't even want to say good strategy because you've got to have money to do this. Uh, but like, let's say you buy 30 of the doll or whatever it is, and it doesn't work and you you barely make money. You you, you do stop loss, you return them or whatever your, your strategy is. Um, maybe keep one and put it away in the museum Right. In your 401k museum, your 401 closet. And, and if it ends up five years down the road, still being junk, then sell it at a garage sale. I bought, I bought some, um, they were my generation dolls or something like that. Right. Okay. And, uh, I got them on major clearance at target and they just never ended up selling on eBay. It was one of like my first buys and I had like six of them and I sold them at my garage sale, um, right before I moved and I sold them for about what I bought them for. So, you know, like, it was worth holding on to. Um, I learned something from it and you just never know. And what if, what if that was the doll that four years down the road, it was like, this is so rare and it's worth a ton of money. So it might be worth keeping one. You might, you know, kick yourself because you didn't keep more, but at least you could say like, Hey, it paid off. Right. Cause for every one that pays off, you'll have 10 that don't, but it might end up making you break even. And it might be fun stories to tell. The only one, the only one I will actually recommend that for is Legos. You know, I have Legos that last year I thought were going to be like the hot Legos and they never got hot. They just stayed constant, but they're in my 401k Lego closet. It's just 401 closet. Whatever. Okay. I call it what I want. Now, 
I do know that those Legos in 10 years are going to be worth a lot. So, and I do that sometimes. I, I do, I hold on to stuff that I know will become more valuable. Except like the Lionel trains. I sold those. Because See, but even still, like that's, it's still a hope that the Legos will be more valuable. No, they will be. I mean. But if that's the case, like if you know 100% for sure that it's going to go up percent, then you should just always be buying them and storing them. Cause People do that. People do that. You know, and I do that. There are some sets that when they become discontinued, especially when it's one that. So it's basically you're buying like a bond if it's 100%. Yes. No, true. There's actually right. store, news stories that sometimes Legos holds better value than stocks. It's true. So, all right. Hey, so the key, the key thing in all of this is don't wait. When things are hot and they're ready to sell, you got to sell them. You got to get that cash flow moving or else you might end up tying your money in a bunch of items and not make any money and be stuck not being able to source during Q4. So, hey, being strategic during Q4 is very big. There's no greater time in the year to make money. So hopefully while this episode is dropping, you're listing items, you're sourcing items, you're finding ways to make it happen over these next six weeks. So make sure you're prepared. Make sure you have all your shipping supplies. Make sure you know what platforms you're going to be working with. Make sure you have your circle. And then make sure you're hustling, hustling, hustling to a point that works for you, according to Mike. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then, hey, make sure you execute and you make that money this Q4 to hopefully set yourself up for a good 2020. And with that being said, make sure to be real, be relevant, and be reselling. Please. Please.